Good morning. Welcome to Trainwreck Marriage. I'm Dave Touchton. And I'm Susan Touchton. Hey, today we're going to kind of spin in a different direction. And honestly, we don't really have a great direction. God's put a few things on me lightly. So we'll just see where God goes today. Um, you know, I've been thinking this week of, I had go to a men's group on Monday night and, and, uh, you know, really what are the relationships between the spouses and what does it look like and how do you get there? I mean, it's kind of a mixed bag. I'll be honest with you with guys, we don't really understand any of it. And mostly we just try to muddle through and do what we think's best. Um, but there's definitely authority levels of where men and women are supposed to be. And when those get out of kilter, where the women are in charge more and the man's passive, it, it creates issues. And, and the reason why I'm bringing this up is sometimes we follow what we know, um, what we were raised with, what's important. And, and uh, honestly, I really haven't given a whole lot of credit to probably the love languages as much as I should. Um, but, you know, I, I was talking to, I've talked to many people during this remodel. They're like, oh, I fight with my wife during a remodel. Oh, my gosh. I, our marriage can't take another remodel. Um, and honestly, it's not the case with us. And, and I've been kind of paying attention and kind of looking at what that means and what could be cause that. Because honestly, our marriage probably gets better during a remodel than it does worse. Um, and then you ask, start asking the question, why? Um, and I, I really think Susan's love language is uh, acts of service. And I think the, the point that I am working on the house, it, it is because this is our second remodel we've been through. Um, at our last house, we did a remodel and an add-on. And this one, we were doing a complete interior remodel. Um, but, you know, it, it makes me wonder, because that's what I've really been thinking about is why is it, why do we get along better during a remodel? And when I say remodel, we're not hiring contractors. We don't have a pile of people coming in and out. Um, like the flooring, she's cutting it with the saw, I'm putting it in. Um and, you know, it, it's kind of one of those things that uh, she said, well, I can't do it. And I said, oh, yeah, you can. And, and honestly, within about 10 minutes, she had the measurements figured out. She had the how to run the saw figured out. And, I mean, it was a um, – then we just kind of flowed. And uh, so we, as I've kind of pondered on that and kind of, you know um, – ask God to kind of reveal what is that. I think that um, for us, where it's act of service for her, I'm working on the house, making things better, um, changing whatever that fills her. Um, but I also, for me, it, it's kind of one of those that I'm not alone either. I, I've got someone, she's doing just as much as I am. There is no, I do all the work while she, I mean, we truly work together um, and in different ways. Um, you know, we don't work 
a huge amount side by side in these projects. We do some, um, but kind of like I lay flooring, she cuts it. And, uh, but her willingness to try and not just throw in the towel. That, that's one thing that for me makes a difference um, of, well, I just can't do it. Yeah, you can. You got this. Let's go through. I mean, and she's willing to try it. She's willing to jump out on the edge and do it. Um, and so it's kind of amazing. And where this is kind of snowballed because I'm providing what she wants, which is active service that, that makes her feel good and feel loved. Um, which wants me, encourages me, because this remodel really hasn't been horrible. And we're living in construction. A couple things um, that I've thought of as David was talking is, one, that um, we're heading in the same direction. So we yeah. want the end goal to be something that we both want. And so, you know, we kind of got that figured out in the beginning is, you know, we got to be on the same page to get the end result. And fortunately, you know, we're capable of talking it out and, well, I think we need to do this, or I think we need to do that. And there's a, um, you know, he's letting me visualize what I think the inside should look like. And then he mm -hmm. is making it happen. And so I think there's that, because he knows, you know, if there was something that I was doing or that he absolutely wouldn't like, uh, then he would obviously voice his opinion and we would have to figure out a way around it. But I think um, because we're both heading in the same direction, it's a little bit easier for us to work together because we know that in the end, we're both going to get what we want. And then um, another thing I thought of was the tools that we use. Um, I am not a great, um, math is not really my strong point. And so when he said, I'm going to want you to measure, I was like, I don't know how to read. I mean, I know how to read a tape measure as far as, you know, it has feet and inches and all of that. But when you have to get down to a fine, fine, a, a, an exact measurement, um, that caused me some concern, just that I was going to do it wrong or I'm going to mess it up. And, and I have messed some of the boards up. And the thing is, is... But so have I. Well, and, and he shows grace and mercy. We know that it's a... Um, it, it's not a put down. He doesn't put me down. He doesn't call me stupid. He doesn't do any of the things that in my head I might think about myself Um there's going to be obviously errors. There's going to be hiccups. It has not been a smooth, um, every single day, everything went perfectly. Um, but we work that out, um, mainly because we can, we choose to communicate about it, but the tools, um, you know, on a good tape measure, it has every single mark that you need. So when he says, I need something three and three eighths, well, the tape measure has three and three eighths. I don't have to guess what it is. So I think also, you know, the, the tools that you use, and that can be related to your marriage. You know, what tools are you using to bring your marriage closer together? Um, and David brought up the love languages. That's a great tool 
that you can, it's, you know, you can read the book about the five love languages. You, there's video series, there's Bible studies all about the five love languages. So if that's something that you need to work on, or you don't know what your spouse's love language is, then that's a tool you can use to help bring you together. And so I think finding right tools um, to use through a construction process makes it easier to where we don't have those battles that we might have otherwise, but also finding the right tools to use to grow your marriage and to bring you closer together um, is also just as important, if not more so, because, you know, we've said it before, at the end of the day, there's a lot of you that I'm sure are growing your families, you have small children, the chaos of life um, while you're in that season of raising children is, can be difficult on your marriage. And, um, but at the end of the day, the ulti- the end result is your kids are going to grow up as ours have, and they're going to go out on their own. And it's just going to be you and your spouse at the end of the day. That may seem like an eternity from now for you, because you may have newborns or toddlers or whatever, but it will, it will come a lot quicker than what you think. And so just like at the end of the day, our house is going to be what we both have decided we want it to look like. But also the end result of a marriage is you're going to end up together. Your children are going to move on. And so trying to establish that um, time frame, you guys have to be fall in love and you have to... Um, keep that love going even during this season because again at the end it's going to just be the two of you well and i think you know uh through being our second remodel being that god's done a lot in us we've been to counseling i mean we we've really we, it, staying married is a war sometimes and and it's not a war to leave it's a war to stay together and you know i i think of uh you know with this remodel um, I really haven't been picking a lot out cause I really don't care if I don't like it. I'll say it. No, I don't like that. But what I've learned is she has the ability to do decorating and make it all come together and make it look cool. Um, which I don't have that. My mine mine are very specific and more, mine's more about building than it is about interior de- decoration. Um, and it, it's really kind of one of those things to where, you know, I, I try to stay in my lane, for lack of a better word. Uh, the the Really, the one thing that I really, really, really wanted out of this is a 36-inch gas stove. Really past that, there hasn't been a whole lot of definites. And, uh, you know, we've been able to talk through it and have a conversation Um, But some of that comes from not being rooted in being right or you have to get your way or you know it's better. It's being open. And that's come with time. That has not been in our marriage all of our lives. It it has been over time. But some of that is learning how to understand that you guys are back-to-back fighting the world, kids included. You, you, that is what we found works the best. It doesn't mean we always agree. 
but it does mean that we've got each other's back and that's the best way I can explain how that works. And one example, our oldest Haley, we were, she was oh, 16, let's say, or 15 and her and Susan got into it. And of course I was the one that was going to decide who won, who am I siding with? Haley drug me into the conversation and, uh, I sided with Susan. So, I mean, I'm like, no, your mom's right. Done. Your mom's right. And she's pitching a fit. So our MO when the kids were younger, Susan would go to bed and me and Haley would go argue out in the garage. So Susan couldn't hear us. And, uh, I drug her outside after Susan went to bed and I said, listen, don't ever do that to me again. Technically, were you right? Yeah, you were. But Haley, you're leaving. She's staying. I've got to live the rest of my life with her. And if you think I'm going to pick uh, hurt you over her on something that honestly doesn't matter in the long scheme of things. she's. But I was right. I said, yeah, but it's the same thing. Me and your mom stand back to back and... If you're looking for me to disagree with her so you can split us up, it's not going to happen. And I think that, you know, as couples, you don't really see it that way. And don't get me wrong, we had many fights over the kids and arguments about, you know, because I was, I ran a lot when I was younger. I mean, I kind of get six cents when I'm being lied to, um, especially by children. Um, Susan believes every word they say. Um, it, it doesn't matter. She just believes it. And so, but it took years to get on the same page to where we would at least consider what the other one was saying of, is this really true? Am I really right? And, and that's been through a lot of years and, and a lot of counseling and a lot of looking back. And it comes down to who are you in Christ? Um, because I, I think of, is your spouse seeing Jesus's love through you? Um, and that usually escapes most marriages because we're bound and determined to be right. Well, and just like with the love languages, you know, you, in the love languages, you're supposed to do what you can to meet your spouse's love language. David's love language is not the same as mine. So me serving him, because my love language is service, doesn't necessarily do anything for him because that's not his love language. His is more affirmation of, he, you know, you're doing a great job. You're, you're good at what you're doing. Mm-hmm. Um, he needs to hear those words yeah. of encouragement and affirmation. Now, to me... That means really nothing. Um, you can tell me how great I am, but I need to be shown that you really believe that because to me, those are just words. And so, <clears throat> excuse me, for me to speak um, or for me to serve him is not nearly as important to him as when he serves me. That like is my thing. You know, that shows me that you really do love me. And so when you're... Um, you know, I think a lot of times, especially when we're doing construction, we're, 
we build on each other's strengths. Right. Just like David says, you know, I have an eye for decorating that fortunately we both like. And so um, he kind of lets me take that lead, whereas his strength is he can fix and build anything, and that's not my strength. And so you put that together is this is what... I envision this is what I see it looking like, and then he makes it happen. He doesn't say, well, this is what I see it looking like, and this is, you know, how it should be, and then me make it happen, because I don't know how to make it happen. That's not my strength. My strength is seeing it and helping get it together versus doing it. You know, there's so many things in construction that I'm just like, I don't know how we're going to make this happen, Um, but he can he can make it happen. And so I think recognizing each other's strengths, and I would venture to guess that nine times out of 10, your strengths are different. And so, you know, recognizing those strengths and then building from there on them, allowing your spouse to do what they can do in their strength and them allowing you to do what you do in your strength. Basically stay in your lane. Yes, that really, and, um, you know, and really, I've, I've said this comment, and I don't think Susan completely agrees, but um, I truly don't care about what color the flooring is, what color the walls are, what color the trim is. I mean, none of it's, none of it's stuff I don't like. It may not be my favorite, but at the end, I've got to trust her that it'll all pull together. Um, and really probably in my mind, there's only been really two things that I was like, but well, three, uh, when we look for granted the other day, there was a, she was like, well, what do you think of this? And I'm like, no, no, not doing that. And, and we found one and it's, it's bold and cool and we both agree on it. Um, but there was some, she's like, no, I can't do that. Okay. So let's keep looking. Um, and then the, the gas stove and then the fireplace were, were having a mantle put in. And um, she was envisioning a wood mantle and, and the stonemason that was out here. Um, I just said, if it was your house, what would you do? And he's like, I do rock. Okay, what's that look like? And then once he said it, it's like, okay, that's way cool. That is way cool. Okay, it, so... It's about understanding what is, where are you going to plant your feet and say no? Um, because so often we plant our feet and say no in conversations that are completely irrelevant. That in the big scheme of things, it's it gets down to I need to be right or I need to, you are wrong and I need you to admit you're wrong. When... <coughs> Sorry about that. Um, Really, a lot of times, in 10 years, will it really matter where you decided to eat tonight? Is that that argument or there's drama going on in the house? 10 years from today, will you remember that? Because I can tell you, looking back, being, I'm 51, I think, um, looking back, when I was 41, I really can't tell you any of our fights that I was like, ooh, 
I won that one. It needed to be won. There's highlights over our life to where, yes, it, it was it was a critical point. But before you set your feet in the ground and dig your trench and get locked in, you really need to stop and think, will this matter in 10 years? Will I remember this conversation? Or is this just something that we're going through in the moment? Because as Christians, you find out that um, life does not get easier being a Christian. Anyone that tells you that is lying to you. It says specifically in the Bible. I mean, I think of James 1-2. Consider pure joy, brothers and sisters, when going through trials of many kinds. Well, the thing is, if they wouldn't have put that in there if we're not going to go through trials which are stretching, which are bad times, which are you're having to think differently, which are you, you're having to be in different situations. And um, I, I just, what I've learned over the years is I had to root in, dig a trench, get ready for war on stuff now that makes absolutely no difference. It really, in the big scheme of thing. Well, and I think that's true. You know, I... Shoot, I think even two years from now, is it really going to matter? Um, I have a hard time thinking back two years, let alone ten. But um, it's kind of one of those things that David's right. You know, most of the stuff that we deal with on a daily basis will not affect us two, ten, twelve years from now. And... Is it really worth the fact that you're going to, you know, be stand so firm that it causes resentment and um, frustration and doubt and wanting to leave or whatever the case may be? Um, you know, it's just being right isn't always the necessary thing, if that makes any sense. Because it doesn't matter really who's right or wrong as long as you could come to an outcome that is pleasing to God and you both can live with. Um, and the ones that you can't live with, you know, really consider how important really is this. Because at the time that you're going through it, it seems very important. Now, there's decisions that involve your kids or, you know, I, I do remember th- thinking back, our kids started at a Christian school, and um, we had decided that maybe we should move them to the public school, and that was probably one of our hardest decisions that we've ever had to make, just because of the, you know, the public schools are a lot different than the Christian schools that they're getting. The Christian school had our same values and (laughs) the things that we wanted to instill in our kids, but fortunately, Again, we just talked it through and prayed that we were making the right decision. Um, and those kind of things have the, uh, the ability to affect them 10 years from now. Not necessarily us, but they, it could. Um, and fortunately, our kids have a good foundation. They're all successful. They've grown up to be good human beings. And so, um, but it's... I think communicating is 
and and we hear that all the time well how do you have a successful marriage you communicate well that's a given but there has to be a way to communicate that's not degrading that's not putting down and if you can't come to agreement then praying about it and ladies i'm going to say this and i know that it's not going to set well with some but ultimately a life-changing decision of how you're going to raise your kids or where you're going to send them to school or whatever the case may be ultimately the the husband the man has the final say because he should be the head of the household it that's biblical and that's you know that's how god designed it to be and then he will have to be the one that's accountable for it and so just being aware of um Sometimes we as women have to concede, for lack of a better word, um, because if you're so far away from each other that you can't make a decision, and it is something that's going to be life-altering or life-changing, um, then it's our role to support and respect our husband's decision, knowing that even though we may not agree with it, that he really is doing it to the best of his ability for the good of the family. Well, and I'm looking for a scripture, and I can't find it. Um, I want to say it's in Ephesians, and it's uh, on the the sub- wives submitting and husbands, the man, and, and I hopefully I'll find it. But I believe it's the Message Bible uh, version, because I, I look at different versions for understanding. Um, not that there, there are, I'm not going to go down the road of which version's best, which one's true, because for me, I look at different ones because they word it differently to give me insight of what's going on. And, um, as a man being the head of the household, um, but I love the way, I believe it's a message Bible and I'll try to find that, but it says you lead by cherishing and serving not by domineering and i i think that that's got spun in our current day world of what does the head of the household mean um what does uh, the the man's role and the wife submitting i think that has gone blown completely out of and we've applied a lot to it that's really not in the scriptures um, because if you look jesus is served so if we're supposed to run our house like Christ ran the world or the church, we are supposed to serve, be willing to give our life, be willing to not by demanding, not by domineering, not by putting people down, saying you have to do this. That is not leadership. Um, that's dictatorship. Leadership in the biblical form is about serving the other person, being a servant leader, which means they're willing to follow. It's not mandatory that they follow. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. And I, I think that that's got spun into control, out of control. And I'll try to pull up that verse for one of the future podcasts because it really just it, it hits it out of the park. And we see it as the man needs to dot, 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 and needs to do this and do that. Well, that's not biblical. Biblical, when you really start reading into it, if we're supposed to be Christ-like, then 
that's Christ was not about you have to do this. You must follow me. You, you know, um, it was follow me and I'll make you a fisher of men. Okay. That was a choice that, that was a cons- a, a choice that the disciples made. Um, but it wasn't, you're going to follow me. And if not, I'm going to dot, 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 whatever you want to fill in. Um, so I think sometimes the leadership of the man gets confused with what the world's telling us is, you know, you, you've got to be Hitler. You're going to get your way. You are the president of the United States. You don't care. You're going to do your thing. Um, when really that's not the case. Well, and Jesus served out of love. (coughs) So just like, um, a husband should, if he's wanting to be like Christ, um, serve out of love. And that's, you know, when I said, generally, I would hope that most decisions are made from a man based off what they think is best for the family and out of love, not control. You know, there's a big difference between loving and controlling. And, you know, David just explained it beautifully is if we look at Christ's example, then you love and you lead by serving and doing it out of love. A friend of mine in South Africa, um, we talk every three months, and we had a decision to make on giving some money and helping a family out, and and Susan's like, hmm not really feeling it. And I'm like, I really feel it. God's really, we need to do this. And so out of frustration, I called him and I'm like, okay, here's what I'm into. What do I do? Cause I really feel like this is what God's calling us to do, but she's disagreeing with it. And he said, don't do anything until you're in agreement. And I was like, but but then we won't help the family. He says, I'm telling you, start praying about it as a couple. And until she says go, because there has been instances in the past that I don't like to talk about where she has said, I don't think we ought to do that. And I'm like, ah, it all makes sense. I'm doing it. And it ended up costing me a truckload of money because I went ahead and did it. So I, I think you know, it's not one of those things to where in a marriage you're, you're just demanding that this happen. And even if you know God gave it to you, with leadership, it's about bringing people along with you. It's not about making them do it. So we're about out of time, and we really appreciate you guys, and, and uh, I hope you enjoy living life with us. We're not always right. We're, we're not always got the whole plan together and we're not, God's still showing us what this looks like. So I appreciate your patience through the time. Have a great week.